0: Last week, I had the honor of speaking with Shannon from Mayernick Kitchens. She is an herbalist as well as a herb farmer. Listen in as we discuss what are the best herbs for a beginner to start with, as well as all things herbs and herbal medicine. I hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. Are you struggling to keep your head above water and brushing aside how you physically feel? You know you need to do something to feel better, but what? Nothing's working and you're about to give up. I hear you. I'm Jolene, a nutritional therapy practitioner, a wife, and a furry guardian. Like you, I let my work and everything else get in the way of health, often chasing skinny instead of health, until I learned how the body works. Welcome to Holistic Health Made Simple, where I share all the tips, tricks, and science to set you free from the overwhelm of diet culture and frustration with the ever-changing health rules, going beyond the calorie and diet dogma to equip you to be healthy through simple changes to food, mindset, and lifestyle. If you're ready to stop spinning your wheels and learn how to feel better with changes that work for you, results that are undeniable like more energy, improved mood, better sleep, and fat loss, this is the podcast for you. Pop in those headphones, take a deep breath, and let's get healthy. Hello, hello. I'd like to welcome Shannon Mayernick to the show. She is an herbalist, and I am so excited to have you. Why don't you introduce yourself a little bit more about behind the kitchen and what you do and how you got started?
1: Sure. Well, first off, thank you for having me. I love <laughs> chatting with like minded folks and um little about me. I'm Shannon. I am an herbalist and plant medicine maker. My husband and I started Marinette Kitchen in 2015, so we just celebrated our eighth uh, business anniversary. Wow. um, What Marinette Kitchen is, is we are a modern-day herbal apothecary located in Pompton Plains, New Jersey, so northern New Jersey for anyone who's familiar with the area, And what we do is we have a herb farm up in Sussex County, about an hour north from us here in Jersey, where we grow medicinal herbs that we then use to make our products with. So we have, you know, we start growing in February, we're harvesting until November. So it's about a 10 month process for some of these herbs that we then bring back to the store throughout the seasons and, you know, make product with. And what our products are, are they are plant-based And they're an alternative for your everyday ailments from headaches to digestion to sleep, anxiety, all those things we, you know, face every day pretty much. Um, And we like to help families and educate them on how to incorporate these uh, plant medicines into their everyday lives. So it doesn't need to be scary. You know, a lot of people hear plant medicine and they're like, oh, I don't know. It sounds a little off to me. Uh, But our job is to help educate. So we offer lots of classes in store. We have two courses online. We run an apprenticeship program for the farm. So we are really hands-on with just ed- educating is one of our biggest, you know, other than the product making um, part of Marinette Kitchen.
0: That is amazing. And I always like to remind people that all medicine started out as plant medicine. So don't yes. be too terrified <laughs> of it. You just have to know how to use it right. Cause there are a lot of, um, oil people out there that don't quite grasp the potency of some of what sure. they're doing. So, you know, if you've had a bad experience with some sort of essential oil or plant medicine, get the experience or the education you need, because a little goes a long way.
1: Sure. A hundred percent. Yeah.
0: Um, So you grow all your own herbs. Do you also bring some in from outside places if you don't have enough or? We do. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, We so we grow about, I'd say, sixty varieties of medicinal herbs., uh, we also go out and forage. So there are some plants that grow in our area that we don't necessarily want to invite into our garden, either if they're invasive or if they're just in abundance elsewhere. Um, we don't want to be taking up, you know, some prime real estate on the farmland for us to to use. And then, of course, there are plants that just don't grow here. We think about, you know, cinnamon being number one of them. (laughs) You're not going to find a cinnamon tree in the United States. So, you know, those types of herbs, yes, they are getting imported here into the States. But we try to work with either small farms or companies who are working with small farms or, you know, sustainably harvesting these plants. So we're not, you know, doing any uh, detrimental stuff
0: to mother nature yeah no i understand that because i'm on the opposite coast so there's things i can grow that you can't and vice versa and totally and i've tried some of the the medicinal herbs that um didn't quite make it here but i can grow things like the hibiscus that they use for tea i forget the 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 official name it's not the Mm -hmm. pretty hibiscus but i can grow it here because of where i am and you guys can't yeah and And if we do
1: it's it's more of an annual which a lot of our plants are um we do have annuals that grow that we'll need to start seed every February. And then, you know, we're harvesting the whole plant come October. So we definitely do deal with, um, plants that we can't overwinter, mm-hmm. but a lot of them we can thankfully, cause it helps with, you know, time. And once they're established, you kind of could leave them alone. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, so when it comes to someone's health, especially this time of year, I, I think I'm going to, um, you know, what are some herbs that are easy for people, like maybe to put in a tea or something to get started? Like to understand, because actually most teas that we have that are herbal teas can be medicinal. I mean, oh, yeah. oh,
1: you know, yeah. I have echinacea
0: growing out there. I haven't harvested yet because I'm only on my second year. So I know I was yep. told to yep. wait. <laughs> so I'm waiting.
1: <laughs> yeah, there are so many plants. So what I like to always, you know, bring to light is also. Our kitchen herbs, right? Let's start there. Our kitchen herbs, where I'm sure majority of us are familiar with the sage, the thyme, the rosemary, your peppermints, um, things like that, that we think to grow either on our balcony in a pot or in a small raised bed you might have in your garden. Or, you know, if you have maybe a larger garden, you have some beds out there that you're growing some herbs. And these are kind of considered your kitchen herbs. Um, We use them to cook with. Well, they're also all very medicinal. So for someone to, let's say you're not even growing anything, maybe whether you don't want to grow, you're in an apartment, you don't have a a balcony, a fire escape, anything, you could put a few pots on. So you could go to your local shop, bodega, market, wherever, and you could get these herbs and they are medicine. So a lot of these kitchen herbs are great for, especially this time of year, uh, when we're fighting the colds and the flus and, you know, any type of respiratory or sinus um congestion. So I always say, let's, let's start with what we have access to before jumping to some of these plants where you're like, I've never even heard of that, you know? Mm-hmm. Echinacea, like you said, is a huge one that is, it's very familiar to a lot of people. It's used in landscapes. You'll see it if You know, even if you go to maybe like an office building or something, they might have it incorporated into their landscape. And this is medicine. And I'm not saying forage from the, you know, buildings, but um, you know, these are plants that we start seeing, oh, yeah, I know what that is. And you might think, Oh, that's usually just in someone's front lawn or part of their landscape. Well, it's actually really medicinal. So we like to incorporate these plants into our landscape as well as also have them you know, growing in abundance to make medicine with. So I always want to, you know, preface by saying it's not hard to incorporate herbs into your everyday Mm -hmm. life because we could get them right at the grocery store.
0: With um, so much information on the internet, is there some reliable place? Because, you know, like anything, I mean, in health and wellness, like anything, you've got extremes from one side to the other. Sure. Sure. So deciphering it, I know that your website has a lot of great information on it, but like, how do people discern what to, what, what, what's safe, like if they're looking at something, you know, like making some kind of herbal tea for their household because they're ill, like what do they look for in buying an herb and preparing it and knowing what to do? Right.
1: That's a great question because yeah, there is a lot of misinformation out there. Um, so I would say, you know, start by just exploring these pages, right? Like you could search, what kind of tea can I make when I have stomach issues? As an example, um, you're going to get hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of search results. You could, of course, you know, maybe take a look at some, you know, in my world, there's, you know, some herbalists that we all just know about, you know, so, you know, and you grow and you trust them and, um, so there are some, you know, you want to try to find reputable sources. And I think once you find that, then you could trust what they're saying or what others are kind of saying around that. Um, but that it, that's a good point because it's even just, you know, health overall, whether it's cooking or making medicine or, you know, trying out a new workout, there's, there's just so much out there. So yeah, it could be, intim- which absolutely, this could be an intimidating part of it is trying to figure it out but I would say maybe get yourself a good book, you know, um, Rosemary Gladstar, Robin Rose Bennett, um, uh, Jim McDonald's, I could name off yeah. tons of you know herbalists, but it's just finding those few. And one of my favorite things would be is to find your local herbalist. You know, we all are, you know, kind of in little pockets in all different towns and cities. Um, so finding a local herbalist who you could actually speak to, or maybe go to a class and see some hands-on stuff. And that's when you start to gain that trust on, okay, I I trust with they're saying, so I'm going to kind of take their lead on, you know, what they're teaching.
0: Wow. Yeah, no, it's, it's just, it's, I know for the average person, it can be really scary. I've always gone. I sometimes say the woo side, but it's the alternative. Yeah. the more natural. And I start there. There's a time and a place for modern medicine. But if, our, if we can get it out of nature first, it the side effects are a lot less is what yep. generally happens. Yep. Um, so a lot of people then will look at herbs besides just if they're ill or whatnot. Um, I don't want to go into diseases because people go off the rail there and it goes it crazy. <laughs> i I mean the common cold to to just because anything you're treating with a common cold is the symptoms you're not treating the actual cold right just alleviating the symptoms to your body fights it off which is Mm -hmm. a good thing yep but stuff like okay middle-aged i'm you know over 50 skin is there certain herbs and stuff you suggest to add into your natural because i'm a big natural oil, like I use coconut, avocado, whatever I have in the kitchen kind of comes with me in, in, in the bathroom. Bathroom. yeah,
1: Absolutely. Uh, Yeah. Some herbs are amazing. So, you know, calendula, if you've heard of that amazing for skin, lavender, rose. Um, I recently, and this is probably within the last two years or so have really gotten into using tallow on my skin, which is rendered down beef fat. Mm -hmm. Um, not an herb, but a pretty natural product if you're using, you know, the fat from cows that are living happily out in the pasture, (laughs) pasture, but, um, it's these plants and, you know, possibly if, if you are consuming animal products, you could use tallow, honey, another great one that we don't think about that is amazing for the skin. Um, this is all people had back in the day. You know, they didn't have a CBS or a Walgreens to run to with 7,000 options, put lotion on their skin or anything like that, right? So they used what they had, which was naturally grown, growing locally to them. So, you know, if you want to start shifting your mindset that way, that's a great way to start is what's growing around me? What can I use locally? Um, you know, we use a lot of hydrosols. We make a lot of hydrosols. I use a ton of hydrosols, which is literally just the distillation of a plant. So we take fresh plant material, pour some water over it, and let it distill okay. through steam. So it, it gets very hot. It breaks the the you know plant material and it releases essential oils and the byproduct of the essential oil, which would be a hydrosol. And I use those on my skin literally all day I have them throughout the house like in my office in the bathroom in the kitchen we have samples in the store so when I'm at the shop I'll just spray my face with them and it's just these you know it's literally plant water that I'm spraying on my face but it's it's hydrating it's moisturizing it's just feeding my skin with goodness and I'm not clogging my face with crap Pretty much.
0: Yeah, no, and it's true. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm a big proponent of using tallow. It's just sometimes it's harder to find in certain areas that, you know, um, <clears throat> from a reliable source, like I'm not going to go where I live in the city to just a store and buy it. I'm going to go to my right. farmer's market. I know there's a couple regenerative farms out there that I can get it yes. from. Yep. You know, it, it's it's not as simple. Like, I mean, I'll even cook with tallow. I'm I'm that extreme. But, <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, it's just using it for a lot of people. They're like, "What? You're putting oil on your face?" And it's yeah. like it goes against what they think. But when your skin's dry, it actually needs the oil. It doesn't need these chemical moisturizers. It it needs that's something just that's drying like-
1: it out even more, because exactly. alcohol in it and this and that
0: you know, I mean, even to remain, a conversation came up the other day with somebody asking about my makeup remover. I'm like, well, I just put a little bit of avocado oil, olive oil, coconut oil on a cotton ball, wipe it off, then wash yeah. my face. Like, it's yeah, not that hard. yeah. You, I, you don't have to spend a lot of money on oil. And that's
1: the thing. It, it becomes um, very like complicated and convoluted when people start thinking about all these things that they want to use or, you know, buy. And it just, you know, if you have a few good skin products, yeah, you're going to maybe spend a little money, but you're not going to, you know, it's not crazy. Yeah, You could grow some lavender and fuse it in avocado oil or in jojoba oil and, you know, mm-hmm. make a lovely skin oil that way. And it, it it pretty much comes down to pennies compared to what you'd be spending mm-hmm. sometimes in the store.
0: So what in your store, like your store, do you specialize in, do you sell the herbs or more tinctures? T- tinctures. Um, tinctures.
1: Um, a little bit of both. I would say we definitely have more already made products than dry herbs. We do have a dry herb section. Um, we're not growing on scale where we could be producing, you know, hundreds of pounds of dried plant material. So our first goal is to harvest what we're growing to make our products with. And then when we have a surplus, if we had a great year of something, then we'll go ahead and dry that. And that becomes dried herb that we sell. So whether it's sold as, you know, a tea blend or just as a single herb where people could then make their own blends, or we're hoping people are buying, you know, a little canister of, I don't know, mugwort or something like that to then make a tincture with, or to make a salve with you know so we're kind of encouraging you could buy this little bit of herb to start making your own products so you're not buying a pound and then only needing a couple tablespoons Mm -hmm. so most of our products that we do sell are already made and prepared and ready for you to take or
0: use okay great no that that's good to know because a lot of people are like well what do I do with it I don't know how to make it I just want to I I just you do it and yep Oh, yeah. I'll use it. <laughs> yep. So um, the benefits of using some of these over, I don't know, something you get at the drugstore. Are they comparable or better? I mean, I, I'm going to say they're better. I know the answer that I believe, but. I <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: yes, I would also say they're better. Number one, we're using um, a majority of our products might have two to maybe five ingredients, if that. Um we're also making very small batches so the turnover is very quick so we're not having anything sit on the shelf for a long amount of time. We package everything in glass, which is a huge component to you know just overall health. Um, and you know people that get to know and like and trust us they they see whether they're following us on Instagram or through our newsletter that we're little, we're starting seeds in February. We're then planting those plants out in April. We're then harvesting throughout the summer. So they literally see our hands are in this from day one of that seed being planted. Mm -hmm. So it becomes a connect, you know, they have a much closer connection to the product just through us. You know, if we were to go buy something off the shelf, we have no clue where the products came from, who made them, what lab they were in, how many warehouses or trucks they sat on. So it's that very close relationship from, you know, our product, to consumer with us kind of just being that middle mm-hmm. one middle person to make and get it into their hands.
0: Oh, that's awesome. No, the, the shorter the, the supply chain, the always the better. The, the yep. shorter the yep. <laughs> um, So I know somebody eventually will ask, we talked about tallow. What if you don't use animal products? Yeah. What would be something like do you have things that are just not Yeah touched? we
1: don't even I mean we don't make that to sell. Um Okay. That's something
0: you use personally, okay.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Um, So yeah, everything pretty much we make is um, plant-based. We do, we sell honey and we make infused honey. So depending if one is a vegan or not. Um, But other than that, everything is plant-based. Our products, our tinctures are made with alcohol because they extract the medicinal properties out of the plant. Um, We do have a few vinegar-based Um, oxamels, which would be honey and vinegar. So for someone who may not be ingesting alcohol, that would be a good alternative for them. And then all of our salves are, you know, olive oil, beeswax, and then infused herbs. So what we do is we take the plant material, infuse it in the oil, and then use that oil with the beeswax to make, you know, a salve or a a cream.
0: So, okay, you brought up the alcohol, and I know that a lot of it has to be it has to be done that way. Cause it gets, it gets everything out. It preserves it. Let's say you're using this with your family. You're mm-hmm. using a few drops. Is it significant or is it only a problem for those that have a problem with alcohol? And yeah. how else
1: to say that. Yeah. Um, we have a lot of families who give it to children because yes, our tinctures come in a one ounce jar. So that is equivalent pretty much to, you know, if you were to think about like a shot of alcohol, A shot glass is usually Mm -hmm. around an ounce. Um, Our tincture, you probably have about 30 doses in it. So we're thinking about like drops compared to like slamming back a bottle of tincture. Um, So we do have a lot of parents who give younger kids depending on the herb um, up until elder age. So I think the only thing would be if one's not ingesting alcohol due to you know, whether they have a history with alcohol or religion, um, uh, mm-hmm. religious, you know, um, situation that then they wouldn't take it. So we do have, like I said, a very small amount because the alcohol is what extracts the most. Uh, it's also a great preservative. So tinctures don't really ever go bad. They might evaporate because it is alcohol. But other than that, I have never in my life seen a tincture Mm-mm. go
0: bad. I will agree with that. And it's funny, just for the listeners out there, when you're talking in drops, you're probably getting about the same amount of alcohol that's in a kombucha. Yes. If that no, no, no. actually kombucha, the, the legal amount that's in the kombucha is probably slightly higher because you're drinking a bigger amount. Yes. Um, it has to do with the fermentation process and all that. So if you're really concerned about your child, your child's not going to get drunk by having no. a few drops of plant. No. plant-, plant especially plant- if you're, you're adding
1: it to, you know, a tea or a juice or a smoothie or something like that um, some people will even you know, put their tincture in a glass of water and let the water sit out for a little bit. If they'd really love that to kind of evaporate out, you could absolutely do that too. but overall, um, I don't think it it like I said, we have a lot of parents who give it to younger children.
0: yeah, I just think it's a it's a valid point to keep bringing up to people because I think that's one of the few things that scare them, yes, mm-hmm. but they'll give their child um over the counter. Um, cough medicine which kind of has it in it too sure does yeah so we just got to be realistic of what we're doing um, yep. <laughs> for our family for our health mm-hmm. and is there any tips you can give or specific herbs to get people like easy we talked about the kitchen but like is there something that you would say a very beginner should start with maybe just in a tea or look for it in an oil or a mister like you know they like always yeah. so rose water but like give me a couple that maybe they should yeah try to start um, with
1: so first one i could think of is chamomile um would be great for sleep anxiety stress digestion um whether tea or tincture Would also be great for your skin if you find a hydrosol of chamomile, which would be very nice um, as a, I use one before bed and it's literally just a a spritz on my face and it just, the scent is, it's calming. Um, I would say any of the mints, so your peppermints, um, anything, uh, peppermint, spearmint, regular mint or mojito mint as a lot of it's called now um great for digestion so a cup of mint tea after dinner if you're feeling a little bloat especially coming up you know this will air after thanksgiving but we're speaking before thanksgiving you know so if you're you know maybe ate a little too much or with the upcoming holidays and new year um that would be great any type of mint tea after dinner um what else simple things you know if you want to work with say you're having trouble sleeping um passion flower is a lovely plant to work Hmm. with whether in tea or tincture and these are all ones I I'm trying to think of ones that I know you will absolutely find at your local grocery store also if you're looking to just start with tea because tea is tea is like the gateway um people are familiar with tea they understand tea they know how to make a tea so these are ones that I would highly recommend you know just kind of dipping your toes in and then seeing how your body feels, because what I take and what you take and what Jolene may take could be totally different. Everyone reacts differently. So when people come to me and say, what can you recommend for this, this, and this? I need to know a lot more about you as a person before just rattling off some herbs. And I know some people, that's not what they want to hear. They, they want me to give them X, Y, Z, and they'll be on their way mm-hmm. but as an herbalist. And as someone who's trying to, you know, practice intentionally and, you know, just safely, I need to just know a little more about you before just saying, you know, I get the DMs and I get people coming into the store at first time meeting them, you know, nothing about them. I don't know if they're on medications. I don't know if they have allergies. I don't know what their lifestyle is like. So it's getting to know your own body too, to see how it feels, how it reacts, and then, you know, start incorporating more or something different into it.
0: I I absolutely love that because I take a very bio-individual approach. And I like to remind people that it's never one size fits all when it comes to health. Whether it's herbs, whether it's food, whether it's exercise, it's got to be tailored to what's going on with you right now. Yeah. Um, and it's funny, you, you brought up both chamomile and peppermint because when I'm not feeling well, I tend to take one bag of each and brew it together with lemon. Nice. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. About like the peppermint with your throat and yep. then the chamomile relaxes it. And I like lemon and yep. everything. I'm just, yeah. Aw- yeah, that, that's my California girl in me. It's like <laughs> <laughs> lemon and everything. Nice. Um,
1: yeah, it's, it's it, and again, this is simple, right? You literally mm-hmm. just take a tea bag and some lemon, maybe a little honey in there, and you've got yourself a cup of medicinal tea that could help with so, like you said, digestion, or you know, you're just feeling run down, or maybe you're nervous, and you know, the the chamomile is going to help calm. So it's these small, small things that you start incorporating, and then just keep building on where you just it's a no brainer to incorporate daily.
0: Exactly. And um, uh, I just want to point out one thing. Mint. If you're going to grow it at home, keep it in a pot, please. <laughs> Any kind of mint. I think we've all yeah. had that bad experience once where it just takes over and it might die. If you water it, it comes right back. Oh, yeah. So weird, it doesn't go away. out here it does. It does. Here. Yeah. It, it's like it'll be mine died because I forgot to water. It got too hot. Watered mm-hmm. it. It came right back. And now that it's getting cold again, it'll it'll go dormant. And then yep. all of a sudden... In the spring, it'll come right back. So, yep. <laughs> but keep it in a pot; it will take over. Yeah, it does. It, it
1: absolutely does. um Sometimes good problems Sometimes no.
0: it depends. Yeah. On a farm, I think it would be a bad problem. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. We I try. Mean, to I have contain milk thistle
0: growing in my grass right now because I didn't trim the buds and oh, and they went line. to seed. Yeah, they went to seed all over in my grass. I'm like ah. <laughs> live on a farm it's okay (laughs) um so we have had I I really appreciate you taking some time out today because I know it's a really busy time absolutely Um, and giving everybody some tips on the herbalist where can everybody find you and do you have anything upcoming in the next couple weeks so we do actually. Um
1: and this would be available for everybody. Um we do a lot of classes, you know, here in New Jersey in the store. We have a farm, we do things up on the farm. Um so that becomes a little more local, but we're going to be reopening our membership, which is a membership um we host online with, you know, live um Q&As and, you know, just creating a community around incorporating all of these things whether it's plant medicine or preserving what you've got growing in the garden, so canning and jamming and a little bit of, you know, the homestead life. Um, So we're going to be opening that up at the end of January, early February. So that's something anyone would be able to join, you know, to become a part of our community. Um, But yeah, we we actually take December and January off of teaching because we teach for 10 months straight. So we take a little break just because it's also our busiest time of year. Mm So, um, we get a little quiet on the, on the teaching end during these next two months, but, um, yeah, then once, you know, February hits, we're starting seeds, things are starting to grow. So that's when our season starts again. Um, but yeah, that would be something you could look into if you're interested in joining a community of herbalists and, you know, we have a tiny little plot of land here that we actually live. We don't live on the farm. We, um, we live about an hour South of the farm. So, on where we live. We have just, you know, a little homestead here, but, um, yeah. And then you could find us on social media, Facebook and Instagram. I am most active on, which is just at Marinette kitchen. And then also on our website where we have a lot of information that anyone could learn from, um, from blog posts to just plant medica materia, um, We have two online courses that are evergreen, so you could jump into those and, you know, enjoy them whenever you'd like. So that's just marinakitchen.com.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. And I know that this is going to be posted right after Thanksgiving, but happy Thanksgiving. Yes, you too. Happy holidays. Yes. and um, We will link everything in the show notes so people can find you for years to come, hopefully. And and thank you so much. And I will see you next time around sounds good thank you thanks Bye. thanks for listening in today i hope you got some nuggets to take on your health journey remember this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes no medical advice is being given by listening to this podcast you agree to the full disclaimer which is linked in the show notes if you found this podcast helpful could you take 30 seconds and leave a review your feedback means the world to me and it helps others discover my show Once again, thank you for being part of my community. Until next time, have a blessed day.